It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, one of your hosts, along with James Rapine. The other one of your hosts, you can find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL and at James Repeat. Follow us individually on Twitter and follow the podcast at Locked On Bengals for your daily updates on what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. Jonah Williams addressed the Cincinnati media today, talking for the first time really since he first became a Bengal as he shortly thereafter had a surgery to repair a torn labrum and missed all of his rookie season. He has some very interesting things to say about the offensive line in general and some specific players on that offensive line. And as everything about the Bengals is right now, some very interesting things to say about working with Joe Burrow as well. So we're going to get into in part one of the show what Jonah had to say about the offensive line that he's now joining in his second year as a pro. Part two of the show, we transition and we'll start to talk about what Jonah had to say about Joe Burrow that I found to be really interesting and some of the comments both of them made about what's going on with college football. Part three of the show, you heard me talk about it yesterday on a quick hitter. Mike Daniels rumored to be very soon to be joining the Bengals 80 man roster. What does he bring to the team? How does it change the way that we think about this Bengals defensive line after we talked about an individual scouting report in that quick hitter yesterday. But let's get started with Jonah Williams and the offensive line. It's nice to hear a little bit of optimism from somewhere about this 2020 Bengals offensive line, and mostly it's been coming from the team, James. He seems to be pretty confident that this year's iteration of an offensive line that struggled badly last year and has very little turnover will really take a step forward this year. He does. And I don't blame him for being that way because he's probably thinking about himself first and foremost. And he knows the work that he's put in this offseason. And we heard, you know, how coaches reacted to him last week, specifically Brian Callahan with the, whoa, Jonah, it's good to see you. And and so given that he had a year to sit and learn, 
And then he had a an entire healthy offseason because he was essentially healthy all offseason to mold his body and get ready physically. You hope he can slide right in there and be a difference maker. And, and it, it is good. Well, one, I, I it's something that Jonah mentioned throughout this. I think the fact that the Bengals went out and spent in free agency and then tripled, doubled and tripled down in the draft and, and, and you add all this talent, I think the guys truly believe. And it really doesn't matter what we think, right, or what fans think. It's if it, Do they believe? And I think that's one thing that Jonah kind of dictated on Monday was that, yeah, he absolutely believes – uh, in the roster and, and specifically in the offensive line and the guys that that are going to be starting alongside him. And there has been a theme of that from the coaching staff all the way down. They're all talking as if they're very confident this year in the system getting into year two with the terminology, with the coach talking about, we didn't really know, Jonah Williams said, what the offensive line strengths and weaknesses were last year. And now that we know those things, we can make changes and adapt. He was asked about whether he was worried about missing preseason games. And he says, you know what? I think with two weeks of padded practices, you can get hundreds of reps in in that time. And going against our defensive line, meaning Carl Lawson, Carlos Dunlap, maybe soon to be Mike Daniels, DJ Reed, or Geno Atkins, that's really good competition and should be more than enough for them to warm up before the regular season. I hope so. I hope so. Because for years... Years, years, literally 2016, even when Whitworth was still there, I watched this Bengals defensive line at training camp rough up the offensive line. And that wasn't, you know, it, physical scrimmages or anything like that, that it, like it's going to be this year. So you hope that this offensive line can hold its own and, and, and be impressive and really grow because they're going to need Michael Jordan on day one of full padded practices, live drills, all that stuff. It better not be the same Michael Jordan on day 10. Same goes for Jonah Williams and, and the rest of these guys, whether Billy Price is at right guard or not, we'll see. But even a guy like Trey Hopkins, there's still some development there at center that he can make and, and he can grow and get better at. And you hope that these guys can really gel and, and come together. So week one, when that rolls around and the Chargers, which they have a, one of the better defenses and certainly one of the better pass rushers in the NFL, that they're they're ready to be competent. I don't think anyone's expecting or hoping that the offensive line is, is great because we know it's unrealistic. Can you be competent as a unit? I think that's a, a fair expectation and a fair request from any NFL team, and we'll see if the Bengals can live up to it. And that would be a significant step forward. So when Jonah Williams or Jim Turner talk about, we're going to be a lot better this year, well, that might just be getting to middle of the pack. You mentioned Mike Jordan. Jonah was asked directly about Mike Jordan. He talked about the fact that they're working on their relationship as they'll be left guard and left tackle together, trying to figure out the little personal preferences on how they want to handle handoffs, how they want to handle some communication issues. He said that Mike Jordan is really confident. He's been working hard in the off season. And so this is just another indication that Mike Jordan likely to be your day one starter at left guard and Jonah Williams, again, expressing some confidence and a guy that a lot of Bengals fans are looking for him to take a big step, Mike Jordan. Brandon Thorne was on the Lockdown Bengals podcast a couple weeks ago and said, it might take two years. Well, maybe we'll get surprised and get it in 2020. And Jonah's well aware of what I think the general public thinks of this offensive line, as is those guys up front, right? I mean, it's full of guys that aren't thought highly of and he was asked about that and, and he said that he didn't want this offensive line group to be a hindrance 
for all the other talent. He knows how great A.J. Green is and what Joe Burrow can do and how great Joe Mixon is and Tyler Boyd and John Ross and all this firepower, T. Higgins on Tate. He knows all that. And so I think the offensive line's goal is to make sure they don't get in the way of what could be a successful season for the Bengals. And of course, as we've talked about on this podcast, really innumerable times at this point, the big reason that this team will be successful or not in 2020 comes down to Joe Burrow. And Jonah Williams had some very positive things to say, I think, about the way Joe Burrow's leadership and football acumen have started to play for the Bengals already just a week into training camp at this point. We'll get into that in the next part of the show in just a minute. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's keep things rolling here on Locked On Bengals. And Jake, it seems like we always talk about, and and even during the pre-draft process when it comes to Joe Burrow, he got praise for his maturity, the way he's able to handle adversity, his leadership, and all of these intangibles. And, and certainly the Bengals uh, and the coaching staff, they've praised him for doing so. Uh, and so did Jonah Williams today. You know, he, he talked about how he knows the system extremely well. And I, I'll read a quote here for you. He said, I think he's a few notches above acting like a rookie. He's very comfortable. It's as if he's been here for years. He's very comfortable with the system. He's always kind of very engaging. Most of the receivers, running backs, tight ends, and the O-line as well just keep an open line of communication. And I think that's that's one of the things that I, I thought was going to happen right away with Joe Burrow, and I certainly wasn't alone. I think we all did, is that he was going to be able to be that Tom Brady-like leader. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, but I know he drew, drew comparisons to Brady and Manning and all these guys. And I think he can command a room that way. That doesn't mean he's there yet physically or there yet mentally. But from a leadership standpoint, I think he has it. And some guys do. Some guys don't. It's really hard to explain. But I keep hearing about it. And now you have a number one pick uh, in Jonah Williams, 11th overall, first rounder from last year, who's really a no-nonsense guy. I don't know if he smiled during the 22-minute press conference, by the way. But – He's uh, he's praising number nine and praising Joe Burrow. Maybe he's a pretty serious guy, but I also think he's a pretty smart guy. The way he the way he carries himself, the way he talks, kind of reminds me a little bit of the way Joey Votto talks to the media in terms of really cerebral. Like he's really putting a lot of thought into his answers to questions. And like you said, James, Joe Burrow is a guy who came into Cincinnati and just as everyone suspected, a great communicator, excellent connection skills with other players and. This is what I want to know, because we haven't had a lot of exposure to around the NFL rookie quarterbacks coming in with a lot of hype. Obviously, that's a thing. But to this degree of of universal praise from teammates, from coaches about his ability to correct. I mean, wait until you hear the second part of this quote, which we'll get to in just a second. But before we go there, James, you were in Cleveland for the tail end of Baker's rookie year, and he was very good in that rookie year. Was there this same sort of aura around Baker Mayfield in Cleveland? Or, or you know, is this, is this normal, I guess I'm saying, for this level of hype 
unanimously about a rookie quarterback like Joe Burrow to the point where it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a captain as a rookie. Not that I'm expecting that, but it wouldn't shock me at this point. There was, there, there was that around Baker, but I think to, to a slightly lesser degree, you, you know, because Baker did, their stories are, are really similar, right? I mean, Baker had a huge senior season. He, he wins the Heisman. He gets him to the Oklahoma to the college football playoff. And he did have some swag to him, which Von Bell used the word swag about 52 times to describe Joe Burrow last week. And he did. I think the difference is that Joe Burrow has the same leadership qualities as Baker, but leadership and maturity go hand in hand. And Burrow's just more mature. So, yeah, Baker will get his teammates to run through a wall, but he had to do some growing up. And I think he probably learned that last season when the Browns are struggling with Burrow. Yeah, they might struggle this year, you know, at Paul Brown Stadium at times, but it isn't going to be because Burrow isn't prepared 150 percent. Right. And he isn't doing the right things on and off the field maturity wise and leadership wise. I think they go hand in hand. And so I would say that's the difference between the two. Um, but but certainly there was a in part of it's because Cleveland hasn't had a you know an Andy Dalton or a Carson hasn't had any kind of success at the quarterback position. But it was like man, this kid he could change uh, change the whole perception, and he did. And, and I think Burrow could certainly do that very quickly in Cincinnati. But okay, so specifically the follow up question I would have for you then, because I, I was very out of the loop on Baker. Uh, from a from a what the other Browns players said about him, were they saying stuff like praising his intelligence this way, praising his ability to make checks that they would expect somebody to do? Like as as a veteran, was it to that point where the offensive line was like, "Hey, we don't mind the quarterback telling us how to block," or or was it like he's just really good and could take take this team to actually be competitive, kind of thing? Not that I recall. It was it the the first one. So I think it was he he's just really good. Not that his intelligence was an issue or is an issue, but I mean there was so much drama. I mean there's so much drama. Think yeah. about it. That was the year Hugh got fired, yeah. and they promote Freddie Kitchens as the OC. And I don't want to get too much into the brand, but but my point is, I don't think there was a, a not like the dust was still up in the air, so you could players couldn't even really address that. And maybe That's they did. Fair. I wasn't I wasn't covering the team full time when I was in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, but I, I was certainly following the Browns closer than I do now. But it's uh, it, it is I would be shocked, put it this way, if on day five or day 10 and we watched everybody watch hard knocks, Baker was doing the things Joe was doing. In fact, I recall a conversation of Hugh Jackson calling Baker Mayfield over during uh, hard knocks and saying, hey, what time did you get in this morning? And Baker said, whatever time. And he's like, oh. That's, you know, he said, well, it was right before our team meeting or whatever. And he's like, well, five, i.e. Tyrod Taylor was here two hours before getting his little workout in. And he was like, oh, yeah, he does that every day. He's like, well, where's your little workout? And that's the thing. To me, Joe will always be doing those little workouts and he will always be getting there at the time he needs to, uh, you know, as early as any player. I don't think it, and that's why the Bengals didn't go get a, a veteran quarterback, I think, is because they realized Burrow's going to be that guy and he can set the tone. Yeah, maybe it's not a fair comparison because I, I just I'm just thinking about the intangibles of Joe Burrow right now, right? And I'm trying to imagine a guy like this with this work ethic, with this preparation, with his his ability to go with that, and clearly his football acumen. I'm trying to imagine that failing right now, and obviously it's a possibility. Any player coming into the NFL is a projection; anything could happen. 
but I, I think I am just unabashedly optimistic about Joe Burrow. And the, and the next part of this quote is a big reason why. Jonah Williams said that if, he, if Burrow wants to change something with protection, he talks about the fact that a lot of rookies or even, even veteran quarterbacks wouldn't necessarily want to uh, speak up or, or give suggestions to a veteran offensive line, especially as a rookie, as a young guy. But Burrow, said Williams, does it in a way that we all respect and appreciate his input. And pretty much every time he's been right. That is uh, from a guy like Jonah Williams, who, who I believe takes his craft incredibly seriously from an analytical perspective. We've all heard about his spreadsheets. Him saying that about a rookie QB is just specific praise that gives me cause for, for justifying my optimism. Totally. You're not going to hear me disagree with that point. I, it's, it's kind of crazy because I, I do, I think back to, to last year, right? Kyler Murray, I loved him coming out. Like he's a freak, but the dude, does he command a huddle or is it because he's a baller and super athletic? Like Baker Mayfield, I think he commands the huddle, but he certainly has maturity issues. And, and, and you know, it goes on and on and on when you talk about the, the former top picks and you look at Joe and it just seems like he gets it. He gets all of that stuff and he knows how to talk to people. And, and I think that's, it's a really big part of it when you're talking about gaining respect and earning respect to your teammates early on as a rookie, mm-hmm. even though he's 23 years old, he's relatable and he's a guy that he's not going to – Jordan said this in the Last Dance documentary, and I get I'm naming a bunch of huge names here. But he was like, I never asked one of my teammates to do something I wouldn't do. Well, Joe's not asking any of these guys to do something he wouldn't do. He's already studied it. And that's why if I make this check, this is what you should do. And so they're like, all right, yes, sir. <laughs> and and I, I think when you have a young team like the Bengals certainly do, that uh, a lot of the guys are going to follow suit. And even the veterans, they're going to realize that, like an A.J. Green, and say, all right, let's roll. We, we can we can ride with this guy because of how much they respect him and how much time he puts in. And so he's prepared when he goes out there on the field. I really don't remember anything like this for, for really maybe Andrew Luck, right? Coming into the league would have gotten this kind of praise in Indianapolis, just his ability to command, his ability to diagnose, make changes, get everybody into the right checks. You heard CJ Uzama talk about him making veteran level checks that he was shocked to see essentially here. Jonah Williams telling him, telling, telling the media that, you know, he's right when he's correcting the offensive line. And I think these little bits of specific, specific praise, specific attributes that his teammates are pointing out are, are really promising. One other thing that stood out to me, James, in, in this conversation with Jonah Williams, well, actually two things, but first Jonah doing a lot of yoga, recognizing the importance of mobility and quickness. And as somebody who, as everyone knows, obviously that listens to this podcast is a yoga, uh, yoga teacher. I would love to talk to Jonah Williams about his yoga practice and uh, we'll we'll have to get him on the podcast for that conversation one day. I tell you what. Namaste. No, I actually, I I enjoy yoga a lot Uh, in it. it, You you think about Jonah and where is he going to, to struggle? Well, he's a weight room freak. He's, he built a weight room in his, his parents' basement in high school. So he's a guy that's going to work out with the weights. Well, you want to be pliable. You want to bend. And he has short arms, which is well documented. So you certainly want to be able to uh, be flexible. So I, I actually I think that's pretty smart. And he mentioned that during the presser. He's like, "Look, there there's 
certain things you need to do with my body type. And one of them, I think, is be as mobile and as athletic as you can and be able to bend. And that uh, that flexibility should certainly be increased with yoga. Now, do you think that came from a Joe Staley suggestion from their work this offseason together? Maybe. Maybe. And, and I hope so. And I love that they're comparable. Joe, ha- Joe as in Joe Staley, has t- – heck, he tweeted about Jonah Williams the night of the NFL Combine – uh, after one of the measurements and defended him and yeah. it's a, you know, so are mine, you know, you know, my arms are 32 inch or whatever it was. And I was like, that's, that's like a perfect guy. Could you imagine? And I'm not saying he's going to be Joe Staley. If he was 90% of Joe Staley, yeah, that would that. be along with Joe Burrow. Whoo. You talk about optimism. Sign me up. That'd be a nice couple of drafts for the Bengals. They also both weighed in, both Jonah and Joe weighed in on the college football season. And we're not going to get too far into this, but Joe Burrow, again, as he does, expressing his empathy for what's going on in college athletics, saying that he hopes all their voices are heard. He said, if it happened a year ago, he may be looking for a job right now. So just something to keep in mind. Like right now we're getting the preseason draft guides, James. And mm-hmm. I, I quickly tweeted and deleted this tweet because it's, it's too soon and it's too sad. But it's like, well, we, we're going to set records this year for the earliest final draft guides for the 2021 NFL draft because, uh, well, this is this might be it. And, and you have conferences around the around the country making these decisions. Sounds like a lot of going back and forth on the Big Ten on Monday. Sounds like the SEC is going to go ahead as normal. So. I'm I'm with Joe, you know, I hope they get things figured out to keep players safe and and listen to the player feedback, but just another indictment I think of of NCAA football as as the list continues to grow. They've had months. They've had months. I mean, I I it's ridiculous. I, and I get it. It's not professional sports, but it, it is to a degree it, and it the fact that the NCAA couldn't shell out a bunch of money to make sure players are safe and have tests and have everything to, to potentially have a season. It's, it's insane. And, and it, it stinks for those guys as much as it, as bad as it is for Trevor Lawrence, who I, I'm proud of him for speaking up. I, I think it stinks the most for the Joe Burrows and the guys even worse than that, that maybe would have a shot to show that they deserve to be drafted. Yeah. Cause Joe Burrow is supposed to be a late round pick. Okay. Going into the 2019 season and he balled out. Same thing with Baker Mayfield going into the 2018 season and he balled out and he, he got drafted much higher or 2017 rather. But my point is, is it stinks for those guys. So hopefully they can get something done. And if not, it's going to be the, the most vital, critical, crucial NFL combine in history next year. So it's, uh, it's going to be crazy, but um, hopefully something gets done. Coming up next, shifting gears entirely, we're going to revisit the news that Mike Daniels is supposedly in Cincinnati on Monday to get a physical done, preempting his signing with the Cincinnati Bengals, who are clearly in the market for veteran defensive tackle help. That's coming up next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
As of 8 p.m. Eastern time on Monday evening, Mike Daniels, not officially yet a Cincinnati Bengal, but Josina Anderson from ESPN reported that his physical wasn't expected to take place until Monday. So that could make sense, right? If that was any time near the transaction wire deadline of 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, might just be that we haven't heard about the transaction going official yet. That aside, James, I talked a lot about Mike Daniels yesterday, some of the things that he brings this team You did not get a chance to talk about him yet because of our recording schedule. What do you think? What's your first reaction? And and let's talk about the way it maybe changes the way we think about this Bengals front four. I wrote about this last week um, for all Bengals and basically just five guys that they could potentially target, not named Domita Pecco, because you and I both heard that there was probably some mutual interest there. and, And I think there was. But the reality is, with so many defensive tackles uh, opting out, you wondered what the Bengals would be left with and if they would just be left with a guy like Pecco or would they be able to go out and get a, a former pro bowler in Mike Daniels who's 31 years old and not 35, who's a, a guy, honestly, and I get it in Detroit last year and I, I, I had a couple conversations uh, with a couple people in Detroit and it didn't work out for one reason or another, but... I think it could work here. You're talking about a a scaled back role. He's not going to be expected to do much here. Think about it. No one really expected a lot from Josh Tupo this year from a, in, in the grand scheme of things. And that's who he's replacing. So you get to play alongside DJ reader. You get to play alongside Geno Atkins. And and certainly we know who's, who's on the edges. I like it. I think this is the type of guy. And maybe this is what sold him on the idea. Jake is, Hey, come here and show that you can still be productive alongside so, so, you know, some really good players. And, and then who knows what happens in 2021? Because I think a lot of people looked at him, and I saw some pictures of, of him from Detroit, and it seemed like his weight had ballooned a bit. And, and maybe he's looking to prove himself. Certainly he didn't opt out. Certainly he wants to play. And uh, assuming they get a deal done here with, with Mike Daniels, I, I think he fits relatively well with what they have and uh and can eat up some snaps not a ton but can eat up some snaps and have a a pretty um scaled back role from where his pro bowl days in green bay but certainly be effective in the role that the bengals are offering i think that's the the key factor you've got dj reader and geno atkins on this team and and we know they like to kick defensive ends inside so they don't need mike daniels to go out there and play 60 70 80 percent of the snaps. They, they need him to go out and play maybe 30, 40%, maybe 50% some weeks, depending on the matchups. And he just gives them this, this versatility. I talked about a little bit yesterday. He can play any of the defensive interior positions. He's a big guy. You mentioned it. He's been working out like crazy. Go look at his Twitter page. He's got videos up of him doing a 44 inch box jump and, and getting himself back into shape. And I reached out to Peter Bukowski, who does the Locked On Packers podcast, asked him for a little scouting report. And and the issue for, for Daniels is, is truly going to be, can he stay healthy? Because if he's healthy in that rotational role with the Bengals, the, the fit is just so good. And I love the idea of Daniels and Atkins on the field together in certain packages. I love the idea of a goal line front of of Daniels, Reader, Atkins in the middle with Dunlap and maybe Hubbard on the outside or something for your five defensive linemen in a heavy package. I I just think that some of that stuff 
is is a step up from what they would have had with guys like Josh Tupo because Mike Daniels has the ability to be an every down player and, and not necessarily in terms of stamina, but in terms of skill set. Like if he needs to go out there and be a sub on first down when you, you're you're a little bit more expectant of a running play, or if he's going to go out there in a third and long, he can do either of those jobs because he can rush the passer. He can hold down a point of attack as a run defender if he can stay healthy. And if they can preserve his legs, effectively, this could be an upgrade over what they would have had if Josh Tupo didn't opt out. And I really like Josh Tupo, but Mike Daniels has a much stronger history. And in a rotational role, I just really like the upside there on a play-by-play contribution level. And you mentioned it. He's motivated, right? Like, yeah. The, the fact that we are seeing video of him working out, and I did hear some shaky things in Detroit, right? And that's how I'm going to get into it. But the point is, he's heard that for sure. And he knows that people are doubting him, and he's been on the street all offseason. So you want to talk about a guy, a former pro bowler, who had plenty of success in Green Bay, and you're talking about motivated, in shape, assuming he passes the physical, healthy, and a guy in a scaled-back, dialed-back role, that makes a lot of sense, right? And so, it, it to me, it it not only makes a ton of sense, and the money's probably right, but it's uh, it, it's it's really of the five guys I wrote about last week, and again, this didn't include Domitapeco. I thought that Mike Daniels was the best option on the list, and the fact that they got him says a lot about the Bengals, I think, it, it, because there was probably competition for his services. Yeah, it's just like the DJ Reader thing. Joe and I, when we were doing our free agency preview way back in the day, about seven years ago in in March, uh, or whenever we did it, we were looking at DJ Reader like, okay, yeah, like DJ Reader, pie in the sky. There's no way, you know. And and Von Bell was a guy that where we were after they made a few of the first moves. Joe and I would kind of joke like, oh yeah, they go out and sign Von Bell at this point. You you got an A plus, and then they went out and. And sign Von Bell. So so they're they're hitting on these names this year in a way that we haven't really seen them do for like twenty years. And and so that has to continue to add excitement for, for Bengals fans because it's really an indication, even if they're not very good this year, which they may or may not be, right? We don't really know. But it's an indication that players, free agents, players on the team, they're buying in to what Zach Taylor's selling, mm-hmm. which I think can only be a good sign. And I know we take these lists for, you know, with a grain of salt, he was on the NFL top 100 list in 2018. It's not like he's that far removed. I get it. The Bengals didn't have anyone on, but it's not like he's that far removed from being considered a a really good player. Yeah, he was, he was an excellent player in green Bay. Like I said yesterday in the little quick hitter for a few years, he was like the only decent player (laughs) on the green Bay defense. I mean, They've clearly turned things around there with, with the Smith brothers or what have you, but uh, he, he was absolutely carrying that defensive front seven in Green Bay for a while. Also, fun fact, the Mike Daniels coaching intern from Princeton High School, my alma mater, shares names with Mike Daniels' defensive tackle. So there will be two Mike Daniels potentially in Bengals training camp in the very near future. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more coverage from Bengals training camp as head coach Zach Taylor expected to address the media again as training camp proceeds into, I guess, officially it's 
the third week now because we had a whole week gone to COVID tests when the veterans first showed up. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.